Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Forever Athletic Podcast with with me, Coach Ian Wood. I always seem to have issues with talking at the start of an episode. I promise I will get into the swing of it as we go through this one. This episode is a Q&A. I've got three really good questions to work through with you. Hopefully you take loads from them. First question is probably a common one this time of year. Training when ill. Thoughts. Woke up this morning after a disturbed night of coughing and alternating hot, cold feelings, sore throat, that sort of stuff. Should I train today? I don't want to lose gains. So first and foremost, you won't lose gains in such a short period of time. Strength and muscle are such a challenging adaptation for your body to go through that it won't want to lose it really, really quickly. It will want to preserve that um, as much as possible. So, you know, over a week's period, you're not going to lose any gains. You might miss out on the odd training session, but you're definitely not going to regress. You might just feel a little bit um, rusty when you go back into the gym rather than actually being weaker. Um, So, yeah, you won't lose it very quickly when your body's worked so hard to build it. So don't worry about that first and foremost. Just focus yourself and your energy on the things that are really, really important. So my personal approach to this is to focus on getting myself back to 100% ASAP. So I'd rather take one week of no or limited training and then be back to training at 100% for week two rather than try and force myself through week one, carry it into week two, and then have kind of two weeks or more of really subpar training. For me, a lot of the reward and a lot of the benefit of training comes from that training intensity. I don't enjoy sessions as much if I can't go in and I can't push myself and do the things that I really want to do. So in terms of that mental and enjoyment benefit, it's going to be lower anyway. Plus, in terms of the actual training adaptations that I really value, both both in terms of building strength and building muscle, the intensity is going to be really, really important for it. So if it's going to be significantly down for a couple of weeks because I've just not been able to hold myself back from going to the gym, that's not my priority. My priority is to get back to being 100% really enjoying and getting the most out of my gym sessions as soon as possible. And sometimes the best way to do that is to take a few days off and just chill and let your body recover. But that being said, and this was brought up in our coaching WhatsApp group, really, really good point. As an everyday athlete, if you always wait until you feel 100% to train, you're probably not going to do much training. So there needs to be a balance that you find. So when it comes to actually training, when you're not feeling 100%, whether it's illness or something, first and foremost, don't judge a session, judge a session before you've warmed up. Sometimes you walk into the gym, having not done anything all day, you've been sat down, your body's been really slow and sluggish at work and all these sorts of things, and you feel awful. But five to 10 minutes of moving, getting your blood flowing, going through just a simple kind of dynamic warm up and just doing a few reps on an empty bar, you'll probably feel a lot better. So don't judge the quality of your session before you've even warmed up. Then just commit to the first section of your session. So if you're not feeling great, just go in, warm up and say, I'm just going to do the first bit. I'm just going to do the squats. I'm just going to do the deadlifts. I'm just going to do the bench press and not worry about anything else. They're always at the start of the session because they're the most important bit. So if you are going to have a smaller amount of energy to spend, spend it on those bits and then just see how you go. And then similar to the warm-up, after you've done your sets of squats or benches or deadlifts or cleans or whatever it is, you might actually be feeling not too bad. It's like, oh, that went better better than expected. And now that I'm warm and I'm moving and I'm having a bit of banter with the people in the gym and all that sort of stuff, I actually feel a lot better. So then you might say, I'm just going to do a couple of rounds of section two and go from there and see how far you get through your training session in that regard. 
and then also listen to your body. So it's very hard for me as a coach, particularly when I'm not in person with people. Sometimes somebody walks through your door and you say, you look awful, probably not the best thing for you to be here. I probably wouldn't say that directly to somebody, you look awful. But you know, you get the get the gist of it. You can kind of tell when you see somebody whether they're really unwell or something. It's a little bit harder when you're online because you don't see that person. But either way, it's very hard for me to judge exactly how you feel. So you have to get used to listening to your body, but this does get easier with experience. So the longer you've been training for, um, the more times you've been in this situation, the more you'll understand what you can actually get out of sessions and whether they're going to be worthwhile. So do start to listen to your body. A couple of things to add on the end as well. The use of the RPE scale can be really, really useful. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, but the RPE scale is the rate of perceived exertion and using that rather than hard set and reps prescriptions at a specific percentage can be really useful when you're not at 100% whether that's for illness lack of sleep um, those sorts of things so instead of doing three sets of five at 85% which might be really really challenging if you're under the weather if you do three sets of five at eight out of ten RPE that could change depending on how you're feeling if you're feeling really really good that could be at 85% it could be 87% you could be absolutely overachieving but if you're under the weather that could end up being at 70% but it feels like an 8 out of 10 still and that's the key bit it still feels like an 8 out of 10 you're still exerting yourself to that extent in your current condition and you'll still get roughly the same benefit out of it so using that RPE scale can be really really useful and then also just focusing your energy and your effort on the things that you can control around it. So if you're regaining some time in your day from not training, 45 minutes to an hour, respend that time doing something else, making sure that your food and nutrition is really good. You're getting loads of micronutrition in, loads of vitamins and minerals, the sort of things that are going to help you be weller sooner. I don't know if that's good English, but that's what I'm going to go with. Making sure you hydrate enough getting some extra rest in, some extra sleep, some extra downtime, or just some low intensity activities. Like, right, I'm not going to go to the gym today, but I'm also not going to sit on my ass. I'm going to go out for a walk and just get some fresh air and see how that makes me feel. Those sorts of things, just strategically reinvest that time. So hopefully that gives you some things to work with to help you make that decision as to whether you should train today or not when you're feeling ill. Okay, second question. So, Can you lose fat and build muscle at the same time? I watched a YouTube video saying that you need to alternate between cutting and bulking to make the best muscle building progress. So yes, you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time, but with a slight caveat to that. So get yourself a piece of paper. I don't expect you to get yourself a piece of paper. In your mind or on a piece of of paper, draw a horizontal rectangle. So a nice long, wide rectangle. And then draw a diagonal line from the top left corner to the bottom right corner. When you've done that, you would have created two long triangles stacked on top of each other. And then you're going to read this essentially from left to right. So the bottom triangle is your ability to lose fat and build muscle at the same time. The top triangle is your training age. So if you look at this from the left-hand side, at this point, your training age will be really, really small. It will be the real pointy end of the triangle. Um, with your, sorry, your ability to um, build muscle and lose body fat will be big. So it'll be the big flat end of the triangle. So your ability to gain muscle and lose body fat at the same time will be higher because your training age is low. At the other end of the scale, when your training age is bigger, your ability to 
build muscle and lose body fat will be lower. And then along the way, that kind of multiple year journey, it will just be kind of heading in that dire- that direction roughly along that sort of line. That's the visual that I'd like you to, to kind of look at. Because when your training age is small, you can be in a calorie deficit, which is what you need to be in to lose body fat. But because your training age is small, you're new to lifting, the stimulus of training on its own is so big, it's so novel, and it's so overriding of everything else that is going on that you can still build significant muscle mass because your body is just like, what the hell is going on? We need to adapt to this. We need to build some muscle because this boy is testing me now. I need to just crack on with this and make sure that this happens regardless of what's going on, okay? When your training age increases, the ability to build muscle and lose fat at the same time decreases so that is when the need to bulk and cut and just cycle between those two phases of being in a calorie surplus to get stronger to build more muscle and then to go into a calorie deficit to strip back the body fat that you may have gained along the way and show the improved muscle mass that you have built that is going to be the better way to improve that progress because that stimulus of training is now not as novel as it was it is just part of the course for your training week it's just what you do so you do have to kind of force the issue a little bit more hopefully that answers that question for you final question for this week so i have a back niggle which makes it hard to get dumbbells into position for upper body work like incline dumbbell presses how can i progress these movements when getting the weights into position is the limiting factor. So option one, super simple, get a spotter or somebody to help you lift the dumbbells into position. A lot of people need to do this anyway when the weights get to a certain point, particularly with high incline and uh, seated shoulder presses, those sorts of things. So that's option one. If that's not an option, we'll go on to the second one. So focus on other forms of overload rather than just the weight. So options that we've got reps so if you're starting off at three sets of eight rather than going up and doing three sets of weight at three sets of eight at the next weight up do three sets of nine get used to doing that three sets of ten increase the reps second one increase your sets so if you started at three sets of eight next week do four sets of eight then five sets of eight overload progressed onwards then you can think about density so the amount of rest between those sets so if you're doing three sets of eight with two minutes rest You could then go to three sets of eight with 90 seconds rest, three sets of eight with 75 seconds rest, three sets of eight with 60 seconds rest, that sort of progression. That is going to be an overload because that work is more dense. Then you can think about your tempo. So rather than just bringing the weights down, bringing them up at the same tempo the whole time, just pumping out those reps, you can slow the lowering portion down, slow it down to a three second lower, a four second lower, a five second lower, those sorts of things. Then we can incorporate pauses. So one second pause at the bottom, two second pause at the bottom, three second pause at the bottom. All of these things are making these repetitions harder without having to get heavier. And you can also just think about your technique and just really think about that kind of mind-muscle connection between the muscles that you're trying to use. So if you're in that incline press position, think about feeling that stretch in the upper chest across the front of the shoulder and think about squeezing into that stretch when you're pressing that repetition upwards. All of these things can help. And using those can give you loads of progression in both strength and muscle gain without having to increase the weight at all. If I was going to put these into an order as to which ones I'll prioritize first, I'd probably go with the tempo first. So just slowing down the negative portion, the lowering portion 
of the repetition. Once you've mastered that, then you could put some pauses in at the bottom. Then maybe think about increasing the volume by adding in sets or reps, and then increase the density of those sets by taking out some of the rest periods in between. That could be months worth of progression by using the same weight in there. And you'll get real mastery over that exercise at the same time by focusing all these other really kind of qualitative qualities of the lift as you're going through. And then if you get to the end of doing all that and you're doing these really slow, high volume sets and you know that, that feels like that's enough, machines could be a really, really good option and just do an equivalent variation on a machine, whether it's a chest press machine or something like that, um, because you won't have to worry about getting the weights into position. You can just take them off the weight stack and go from there. And hopefully that answers your question on there. So before I sign off, let's just remind you of Strong in 60. This is the rebrand of the Forever Athletic Kickstart. It's a much better name. I'm sure you agree. The next intake for that starts in February. So keep your ears pinned to this podcast, if you can do that, um, for when I announce the next intake and when that has gone live. It will go live two weeks before the actual start date, and that will be your chance to sign up. Um, Also, I am available for one-to-one online coaching at the minute. I've got space for maybe two or three more people in there before uh, I get to a point where the quality would drop, and I always want to avoid that, so I do limit myself to a certain amount of people on there. If you want to learn about both of these things, one-to-one coaching and Strong in 60, just make sure you visit my website, www.coachinwood.com. You'll find all the information that you need to find on there. And you'll learn everything about the two ways that you can work with me online. Otherwise, I will see you in the next podcast episode on Tuesday next week.